Hi, we're back to basics this Palm Sunday at the Redheaded Preacher Podcast. Hi, thanks for tuning in. I'm Richard Lanford, the Redheaded Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ, an open and affirming congregation in Skokie, Illinois. Palm Sunday, April 5th. We are doing it a little bit differently. Some of us are recording for the YouTube broadcast, which is Sunday, April 5th, in different locations. So I'm doing the sermon, actually it's a homily, it's a little shorter, in the sanctuary of the church, but the lector is going to be reading at another time and place. So that's not part of our readings today. I can tell you what they are. Um, They are Psalm 118, verses 1 and 2, and 19 to 29. The gospel lesson is Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11, And that's Matthew's version of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem uh, just before Passover. And so, and there won't be any musical interlude. This will just be today, just the homily. And uh, I've shared with you what the scriptures are. And let us begin. A little while ago this morning, we sang the first verse of Hosanna, loud Hosanna. It's a cheery, upbeat little tune, isn't it? It seems to reflect the image of a happy mini-parade that brought Jesus into Jerusalem on the day we call Palm Sunday. This hymn, you know, has probably been part of every single Sunday school program on Palm Sunday at St. Peter's that I can remember. So, this sunny tune and tone... Uh, To go along with the word Hosanna fits the gospel passage, at least in a way, because by the time of Jesus, the word Hosanna or Hosanna had become a joyous acclamation. It fits the gospel, it fits the hymn that we sang, and here comes Jesus, the healing, Pharisee, aggravating, rabbi among rabbis, maybe God's Messiah, entering Jerusalem before Passover, which is when the Messiah was believed to arrive. This week before Palm Sunday, I spent more time than usual with the inevitable Psalm 118. As you listened to it, you can hear why it is always paired with what is often called the triumphal entry. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, both passages say. In Matthew, we also heard that the crowds shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. There is that outcry of joyful acclamation. Now, Hosanna, the word itself, does not appear in Psalm 118. Not in English, anyway. It is there in Hebrew. Psalm 118, verse 25, starts, Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. Save us, in Hebrew, is Hoshiana. Yup, Hosanna. But here in the psalm, in a more original setting, is not a shout of hopeful celebration. It means what the English says it means. Save us, O Lord. 
Now, my study Bible says that this psalm is a psalm of, quote, thanksgiving for deliverance in a battle. Verses we did not hear today in Psalm 118 go over the writer's frightening experiences and his trust in God. It is just too easy to observe that we, and not just we, are praying for deliverance in a battle. Are we not? This is a time for us to reclaim the original meaning of Hosanna. This is one of those times that we cry out to God, Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. Coping with the scary reality Avoiding tactics and exponential growth of this virus, coupled with isolation, physical distancing, except from those we may be sheltering at home with, investments going through the ringer, these are all are things which move us to pray for God to deliver us. Some families have major complicating factors within the lines of what I just lifted up. And add to those things the shortage of essential supplies, including PPE, for healthcare professionals. And now, an unbelievable number of people are laid off. In a report Thursday, the Congressional Budget Office said that it expected the unemployment rate to top 10% in the second quarter, reflecting the recent historic surge in new jobless claims. Save us. We beseech you, O Lord. We need some this-worldly deliverance. And the Bible shows us that the people of God are not afraid to cry out to God for it. Hosanna! Save us. This is a Hosanna for these Now, we do our prescribed parts, at least in Illinois. We keep at least six to ten feet away from strangers. Some wear masks. We stay at home almost all the time, if possible. We cough into our elbows and so on. God gave us brains to learn about diseases and preventive practices. So you could say we are part of salvation, with God as its ultimate source. God does act to save us through the research, the healthcare professionals, masks, machines, the media which carry the message so we know, and more. Public servants in halls of power have sought to bring some financial deliverance in the assistance, that, the assistance bills that have been passed. We know there are limits, but this aid is critical for these times. As grateful as we are for these persons, places, and things, as Christians on Palm Sunday, you and I are calling out, Hosanna, Lord, save us! And, Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We look to Jesus, the coming Sovereign, as the ground, the basis, the foundation of our lasting hope, peace, and yes, 
salvation in times like these. Our Hosanna for these times does not, cannot, ignore or forget the entry of Christ into his own, even as we are living, it seems, in Psalm 118. Now, do you know what Jesus did just before he told Jesus told two disciples to fetch that donkey and colt, and I won't get into that two animals thing this morning, and bring it or them back? What did he do before that? He healed two blind men who were sitting by the roadside. Interestingly enough, they too called out to the Lord as the Son of David, which is a messianic title and which we hear later in our Palm Sunday story. When Jesus asked these two blind men what they wanted him to do for them, they asked, Lord, let our eyes be open. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. Immediately, they regained their sight and followed him. Moved with compassion. It reminds us that the one coming into his capital, the son of David and coming king, is compassionate. When you and I live in our Hosanna for these times, it helps us to remember that the one to whom we cry out for deliverance when we lose our job, have our 401k contribution reduced, when we or our kids or grandkids get sick, when we're sick, and tired of being alone and scared, that one is not only the Lord, but the Lord of compassion. The picture Matthew paints of this entrance, with the words shouted and symbolic imagery of the procession as well, with the fulfillment of prophecy, this is a blend of royalty and modesty. J.C. Fenton wrote in his commentary, quote, The purpose of the story is to sound the note of majesty and kingship before the Passion narrative began. To the Son of David has been added by Matthew to emphasize the kingship of Jesus at this moment when he is entering the royal city. But as we have heard in earlier Palm Sunday sermons, we know that this donkey is an animal of peace. And it's an invocation, it's a fulfillment of prophecy from Zechariah. And the prophecy from Zechariah is noted by Matthew. It's there where the king who comes is, quote, humble, riding on a donkey. That animal of peace. Frederick Bruner wrote about how the donkey, in addition to being an animal of peace, was and is a working animal. It's humble, yes, not a stallion of war, so Jesus comes as king of peace, but it also shows King Jesus' own identification with we lowly. No one less than the reformer Martin Luther wrote, Look at him. He sits on a donkey, which is no war animal, but which is ready for burdens of work that will help human beings. 
Thereby, he shows that he does not come to terrify people, to oppress or drive them, but to help them, to carry their burdens and take them on himself. In following up on that, Bruner comments, donkeys are lowly creatures, and in their way they say a lot. They are slow, stubborn, the perennial work animal of the poor, and not too handsome, and yet a prophesied donkey who will bear a king into Jerusalem says that on this particular journey, we have Jesus as he wants to be seen, as the true God with us in a truly human way at our level. God on a donkey. End quote. This, this Christ, this Jesus, is the one to whom we cry, Hosanna, save us, O Lord. It is for reasons like these that we can have faith that Jesus Christ deeply cares and is among us to save us one way or another in God's time. God's love his kingly yet humble entry here, plus our own previous experiences of God's grace and power, they fortify and re-energize our faith. And we need our faith. This Christ will save us one way or another for a short period, in a short period, or over a long period long period of time. There are smaller oases of many salvations from God along the wilderness wandering until the clearer, larger deliverance occurs. The story of the Hebrews in the wilderness between Egypt and the conquest of Canaan can be instructive for the church now. There are many times God saved them But those were the many salvations on the way to the big one. This Christ, this Christ will save us whether we end up needing help from estranged family or our grandkids, a social service agency we've never had to go to before, like a food pantry at least. These are ways we are delivered for a time, long or short, This Christ will save us, maybe through a 12-step program or a real invitation to invite Jesus to come into your heart. And through medications and machines that were created ultimately ultimately by God-given brains. Christ will save us in another way. When we come back together in the flesh, and worship as we did and will again. Christ will save us even if we come down with COVID-19, even if we do not recover. For as Paul reminds us, neither life nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Times are bad. 
God is greater. With all thanks and praise to God, we have a Hosanna for these times. Save us, O Lord, and we have the answer to our cry. And that is good news. Amen. And now Holy Week has begun. I hope you'll be able to join us at the Red-Headed Preacher when we have Maundy Thursday recorded. Uh, we will not have Good Friday recorded because there is no homily. It will be a service of the seven last words, um, but no message on them. They really bring the sermon themselves, but we'll have a, a, a podcast for the, of the message from Monday Thursday. And then, of course, we will also podcast the message of the risen Christ on Easter Sunday, which is April 12th. Once again, as always, thank you for tuning in, and may God bless your week.